Hello and welcome back to What's the Play. Danny and Sosa are back to recap a lot that has happened in the NFL since we talked to you guys last. We've got to wrap up all of the playoff games as well as you know the teams that are no longer in it, just discuss their futures a little bit. And we have a lot of quarterback futures to discuss. I don't think it's been a long while since we've had this many available quarterbacks and a lot of speculation going on. So it'll be very interesting to see where the best fits for these guys are and what the NFL could look like next season. Could be pretty crazy. Yeah, I think when you have a third of the league calling in from Matt Stafford, there's going to be a lot of changes this year. For sure. And it's (laughs) obviously a long while since my team hasn't had a quarterback. So I'm really interested to see whether, you know, we pick up a veteran or go towards the draft. Is Bill going to be aggressive for once? Please, GM Bill, please. I am begging. There's a lot of cap space. I cannot deal (laughs) with another tragic season. So lots to see. Even... Danny Amendola might come back to the Pats. Like, there's there's a lot that could happen. Mm-hmm. A lot. But we can start off just recapping um, the playoff games that we missed, starting with the divisional round and discussing the losing team's future, and then just go from there. Uh, the first divisional game, Rams at Packers, which was supposed to be hyped up, number one offense versus number one defense. And it seemed like only the number one offense showed up scoring 32 points, and Aaron Donald wasn't really effective at all, and the line of scrimmage was lost on both sides by the Rams, which was a really big deciding factor. And third down as well, Rams only went two for eight, while the Packers went eight for 12. And, you know, coming out of this, you saw the Packers were clearly the better team. Rodgers looked like the MVP, and they looked like the number one offense. And for the Rams' future, Jared Goff, a lot of that is in question. That's two consecutive poor years, and we'll be discussing his future later. And they're losing a lot of key staff as well. You know, Brandon Staley's gone, their defensive coordinator, which I thought was really, really amazing this year. He's gone to the Chargers, yeah. their passing coordinator. Waldron is gone. Like, others are – it's it's going to be interesting, and the NFC West is going to be even more competitive next year if we assume the 49ers are going to be healthy. And then Kingsbury and Murray get another year together. And then the Seahawks looking to improve as well after a disappointing season. So could be tougher for them next year. It definitely could. And um, it was really impressive to see how prepared Green Bay was for that Rams game. It seemed like even though the Rams had a number one defense, it seemed Matt LaFleur was really, really prepared with a lot of new um new plays uh, in that scheme that he put out, as well as the defense did a pretty good job on guys like Cam Akers and then guys like Cam Akers, the running back, and then left it up to Jared Goff to beat you, which um, obviously he wasn't able to. Um, so I think that, that was a really good job by that coaching staff and that team overall. In terms of the Rams going forward, I do think they need to move on from Goff somehow. They've already came out and said that there's going to be somewhat of an open quarterback competition going into training camp next year, but I think with who is kind of the question if there's good, if they're going to be able to draft someone or bring someone else in because Jeff Goff probably has a market, but he is, he is still really hard to trade because of his contract. So convincing uh, Goff's agent to restructure that contract is pretty much impossible. So it's going to be really hard for them to get someone else in there that is 
a really good value, but I think that's something that they need to try to do at the very least because I think he, he clearly is the bottleneck of that team. For sure. His 2021 cap hit is $34 million, so I don't know if any teams are going to be willing to to take that on, especially with that poor play, but um, we can move on to another game where these two quarterbacks' futures are pretty secure. Ravens at Bills ended up 17-3 to for the Bills, and it was an ugly, ugly, ugly game with the cold, windy conditions, and the mistakes that the Ravens made really crushed them in this game. You know, the missed field goals and the pick six in the red zone. It was just so sad. And then Lamar going out with a concussion was just, it was just a really, really hard game to take in. And there were a lot of penalties on the Ravens side too. They had eight penalties, just two for the Bills. And yeah, it really, really showed for me for the Ravens future. They have to develop a passing game. It is 2021 in the NFL, and if you cannot pass, you are not going anywhere because teams will just sell out to stop the run. And what are you going to do in third and long? What are you going to do in those critical situations? Like you see teams like the Chiefs with the Mahomes, third and long is not an issue for them. They are going to drive down. They are going to score, and that is what sets teams apart nowadays. And so the Ravens, they need a number one wide receiver, and they also need Lamar to fix his mechanics and be a little bit more consistent in the passing game. And if teams are able to fear their passing attack, then that gives a whole new dimension to that team. And then they'll be able to go far because their defense is going to be more than fine. They've got a lot of people still coming back. and But there's going to be more competition in the AFC with all these young quarterbacks, with the Browns, the Chiefs, the Bills, Deshaun Watson, wherever he goes. It's looking like he might stay in the AFC. And then Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Like They need to act now, especially in this window where Lamar's contract isn't extremely high like you see Mahomes they're acting now while his contract has not fully kicked in so the Ravens need to be smart with how they're doing this yeah and I like that you brought up the contract too because how they structure that is going to be really big um in determining how much how many guys they're going to be able to bring in over the next couple years because you know the Mahomes type setup really um doesn't bring a lot of the weight to the back end but We've seen a lot of other quarterbacks sign um, more of the prototypical contract where the money kicks in pretty pretty soon. But I definitely agree with you on most of those points. Um, that game got really ugly down the stretch. But I think when you look at Baltimore going forward, even when even assuming that they're able to bring in a wide receiver one this offseason, like let's just assume that they're able to. I don't think either of us would argue that we trust Lamar to consistently get that player the ball right now. And I don't know what comes first. Is Lamar going to be able to fix his mechanics first or are they going to have to bring in the receiver first and is that going to make the difference? It probably is a little bit of both, but um, I don't think just bringing in the guy is going to solve all the issues because you still have to be able to A, get him the ball and B, um, probably change up the scheme a little bit so that you can get them really involved because... They already don't even pass much at all. So I think there's there's a couple, there's two sides to this, and I think both sides need a little bit of work for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's They need to know that this is an issue at this point because, <laughs> like, come on. It's how they've been losing all their games. If you're not able to pass, like, I even called it before the game. I was like, in obvious passing situations in the red zone, they're going to have difficulty. 
And then they were stopped multiple times. They ended up kicking field goals, which they missed. And then the pick six in a critical moment. It was just, it was really unfortunate. But I agree, actually. I think they need to fix up that scheme as well. But also, it, it's all kind of connected in a way. Because when you have that number one, then you're able to pass more. And then your scheme changes a little bit. And then Lamar is also more confident when he's passing because he knows he doesn't have to be absolutely perfect on every single throw. Yeah, I think, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think if you're going to keep such a run-heavy scheme as well, um, you touched on the defense, but I do think they had a pretty good defense most of the year. There, there were times where they were, were not as good. But if they are going to keep doing the, the whole run, 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 you need an even better defense, I would say. Like, I think you need that, that um, you know, obviously Baltimore is known for having, like, consistently having a good defense but i think like one of the best defenses like a top three and not just a top 10 top 15 um because they have to like decide like what their identity is because i think the defense did also take a, a step back despite the the names that they had on the roster this year so i, I think um for sure we already we completely agree on the offensive side of things but i do think that even the defense too could use a little bit of work And moving on to Browns at Chiefs, 17 to 22 for the Chiefs. This was a big wasted opportunity yeah. for the Browns. I couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> you have Mahomes go down. Thankfully, it was not a concussion. It was just a nerve in his neck, and he was able to be fine for the next game. But you have Mahomes go down, and you do nothing on offense. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the missed call was huge. Sure, the helmet-to-helmet, blah-blah-blah, touchdown. And it could have been the difference in the game. But the Browns' offense still did nothing. They did nothing. Mm -hmm. They only put up 300 yards. They couldn't even win the time of possession. They were so passive. And it was even the pick that Baker threw in the Browns' territory that helped the Chiefs get another field goal. Like, those are huge mistakes. And on the other side, though, I have to give credit. Chad Henney. And Andy Reid probably have the biggest balls of all time. That fourth down call by Andy Reid was ridiculous. The third down run by Chad Henney, no one could have seen that coming. Completely saved the day. But I still think this story was more about the Browns being the Browns. <laughs> yeah, the Browns definitely didn't take take up the opportunity post the Mahomes injury. You know, going back and watching that, it was really surprised how many times they were running the football still. And there didn't seem to be any sense of urgency. They were just kind of running their prototypical, like, normal Browns offense. I'm like, what is going on? You guys are down by a bit. It's getting to the fourth quarter. You, if, you, if you start slinging it here, which I think Baker can do, then you could really put yourself in a position to win this game. But they, they didn't do that, and Kansas City was able to, to come out the victors. But, yeah, I think – you know, for the Browns going forward, they made they overall did make a lot of strides in the right direction. You know, they decimated the Steelers the week before and had a really good season overall. Um, Baker has molded into a pretty good player, and he played well for the most part in both playoff games, which is also pretty assuring that you have a guy that you can kind of trust in the playoffs. You know, the defense can still get a lot better, I think, at all levels, but now they have, you know, the head of the snake, in place in terms of the coaching, the coaching staff, um, and the front office. And I think, you know, there could be some more good things coming for the Browns in the near future. 
For sure. And they've got a lot of questions too, like what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, will Baker continue to develop? Can he be a solid top 10 quarterback for a full year? Because I think that would be absolutely huge for them going forward. And have they finally broken that losing culture and that that loser energy that has been around that team for so long? So, you know, Stefanski did an amazing job this this entire season. I did not like the way he called that second half against the Chiefs. Did not like it at all. But, you know, first-time coach, they learn, they get better, and we'll see what happens with the team. But I, I'd say for now, you know, Got the Ravens. The Steelers' future is in question, although their defense, you'd project, will still be amazing coming back, especially if they get Devin Bush back. And, you know, a lot of those injuries that happened in the later half of the year and kind of derailed that team. But should be a really interesting division to watch, AFC North. And then uh, Joe Burrow, if he finally gets some protection <laughs> and a decent offensive line, what can happen? It's, it's a really interesting division to predict what could happen. It'll be an interesting division, but I would not be surprised to see if the Browns came out and, and won it next year. And, um, yeah, I, I think they do have – I think that, that losing culture has changed just because you need to – those kind of things start from the top. And when you can get a better um, better front office and better coaching staff in there, those are the things, type of things that could really change change your franchise culture. And I do think Odell gets traded. I think that happens this year. Mm-hmm. Ooh, where does he go? I would love to have him on the Pats. Three years ago, but not now. <laughs> I was begging for him to come to the Patriots three years ago. Like I was, but whatever. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> and the last divisional game was Bucks at Saints. This one was really, really hyped up. You know, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady. I hate that quarterback thing that we do in the NFL as if they're on the same field at the same time but it was really the Bucks defense that stole the show and they finally played aggressive like I've been begging and Todd Bowles realized you know what I have all these press man corners let them play press man against Drew Brees who can't throw over 10 yards consistently and they absolutely dominate and the turnovers decided the game the Bucks got three touchdowns off the four turnovers and it was a four to zero and turnovers are the story of the game usually and when you have four like that, it was really sad. And the, I think the, the biggest one wasn't even any Drew Brees interception. I think the biggest one was the Jared Cook fumble because it was 20 to 13 at that point. They were driving. They had just converted a third down. That could have been a touchdown drive and sealed the game. But that fumble was huge and gave the Bucks new life. And then obviously they went on to win. And the Jameis touchdown was really fun to watch. Sean Payton seeing the Bears completely fumble that play and then taking it and using it. That was genius. I will give him credit for that, even though I'm not his biggest fan. But And I said I would pick the Bucks to win the Super Bowl if they beat the Saints, but their offensive play calling is still a problem. All these first down runs. I know it's playoff Lenny, even though he's still pretty much the same Leonard Fournette, but just more flashy plays. But this play calling is, is not going to cut it. And as for the Saints' future, obviously Breeze is done. I, he should not be coming back. And they're in some salary cap hell, and they sold out these last few years with nothing to show for it. I think they had the highest winning percentage for any team over the past four years, and they didn't even make a Super Bowl. Come on. Just just tragic for Saints fans. 
And now we see who starts at quarterback, which we'll, di we'll discuss later. And it's rebuild time. And you probably expect, expect the Bucks to win the division next year, depending on what happens with the Falcons, Matt Ryan, Julio, and then the Panthers as well with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think the Falcons or the Panthers are are anywhere close to winning that division. They're they're, they're more. They're more than a year away. The Bucks are, should definitely be the favorites. But um, in terms of that football game, I don't think it should be understated how bad Trubis played in that game. He he was horrible. He was really really bad. Um, and I I agree with you. I, I don't think he should come back after that kind of playoff performance. I don't think. I don't think it hasn't. I don't think he has enough left in him, um, and he wouldn't be doing his team a, a, like he he'd be doing his team his a disservice by coming back. I think he should announce his retirement soon, but that leaves a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position. This team still has a lot of cap issues because they went all in on the season and obviously had nothing to doesn't have anything to show up for other than I guess a division title. So they have a they have a lot of questions to answer, but I think that the cap issues really limit how much they could do this year. They probably will end up having to go with either Jameis or, or Taysom, um, and they're probably going to need at least at least a year of sort of rebuilding or restructuring the team um, before they could they could really move on from the Breeze era. I think one thing I'm most interested to see with this team is Michael Thomas. And how he develops, because now he'll probably have a quarterback who can actually throw deep. So will we is he still gonna be slant boy? Or is he are we gonna see him have success in all areas of the field? I know he was getting he had to go on private on Twitter because Carlton Davis was like talking about talking crap about him on Twitter. And that is just it's gonna be really interesting to see that matchup next year as well, because these dudes are heated going at it and when he's finally fully healthy with no excuses, what happens to Slant Man? <laughs> Will he develop into a true, a true number one wide receiver? Or, you know, are we just gonna see him still have that that limited rep tree? He had some <laughs> success with Jameis and Tames and Taysom this year. With with Taysom actually mostly because Taysom uh was the one that was the starter while Beast was out, so I think he'll be okay, but I don't. I don't think the team is gonna be is gonna be very good overall. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Just unfortunate. I would be so heartbroken if my team sold out like that and with nothing. And the crazy thing is that Brady was actually gonna go to the Saints if Drew retired. So what would have happened there? That would have been just. It would have been crazy to see. But you know, Drew Brees robbed us, but whatever. <laughs> and on to the conference championships. We had Bucks at Packers with the Bucks winning 31 to 26. And this game was just it was a really strange game to watch. And I just think it comes down to this is stereotypical and everyone says this, but the Bucks made the key plays and the Packers didn't especially with the 14 points off just two turnovers and the Packers only getting six points off three straight Tom Brady interceptions. And granted, most of them were 
like all of them ended up in Packers territory. So it wasn't really like the Packers got the ball at like the 20 yard line of the Bucks. But still, like you need to seize that momentum. You need to at least have something to show for it, even if you move the ball, but two straight three and outs. And I don't even think, yes, the Bucks defense played well, but I think the Packers, like Aaron Rodgers and the play calling, they got a little bit too greedy. Like they were waiting for that big play and then they got sacked much too often where they could have, you know, just run the ball a little bit. They were having very decent success with A.J. Dillon. Like A.J. Dillon was running over people. And I don't know why they didn't run the ball just a little bit more. And, but, you know, it is what it is. And then the field goal from eight yards out, I think Rodgers had a chance, should have at least run it a little bit closer to the the goal line. And then it would have made the fourth down decision a little bit easier. I think he forced that one to uh, Devontae Adams. And I, I don't think he would have scored, like people are saying, because the Bucks defense is pretty fast. But at least get a little bit closer to, to the goal line, make the fourth down decision a little bit easier. And for the Bucks, defense was lights out, stayed, kept being aggressive throughout the entire game, especially when, you know, Tom Brady turned into Jameis Winston. And then five sacks, they had two three and outs in critical moments. And Vita Vea coming back was actually huge. I didn't expect someone to come off, someone 350 pounds to come off having a broken ankle and have that much of an impact. You know, all five of their sacks came with only four-man pressures. They blitzed a little bit, but not as often as we saw in week six. And just having such a large man push the pocket and take up those double teams does free up Shaq Barrett and JPP on the outside. And of course, the Bucks offense... Still looked like their midseason offense, running the ball up the middle for nothing on first and second. And then they kept relying on third downs, but they got bailed out. But if they continue that against the Chiefs, it is going to be ugly. And as for the Packers' future, another wasted opportunity, Super Bowl opportunity, unfortunately. And, you know, will their key free agents be back? Like Aaron Jones, Corey Lindsley, and Mike Pettin. That is a big question because... They did not, that defensive scheme on third and longs was horrible, horrible, horrible. And, you know, you saw the Bucks pick on Kevin King and the other cornerbacks. They didn't have success at all when targeting Jair Alexander because he's a stud. But Mike Pettin, what are you doing on that Scotty Miller touchdown? What are you doing in these third and long situations where you're so far back? There's a third and 14 where they were all the defensive backs, no one's even in the intermediate range. And they, they just flip it to Chris Godwin, easy first down. And then in the second half, the field goal drive that they had on second and 11, they were still playing super far back. And then Gronk goes, takes a screen and gets a first huge 29 yards. Like just that situational defense was really, really lacking. And then will Rogers ever get another ring? Cause I think he 100% deserves one, but just came up short this time. Yeah, um, I think you hinted on the two biggest keys of that game, which was one, they got the turnovers but didn't capitalize on them in the second half. We just had a discussion about how the Bucks were able to capitalize on the Saints turnovers um, in that game a week earlier, and that was the difference in the game. And I think, you know, that offense, Green Bay's number one offense, not being able to capitalize on all those turnovers was just unacceptable. And two... The breakdown, the breakdown on the defense, the breakdown in the secondary. Um, you hint, you hinted at all the plays. There were even a couple other plays where, um, like, 
Chris Godwin was literally covered on the one play um, down down the seam, like up down the middle of the field, and he still let him catch the ball. Like it was just like I I don't even know I don't even know how how to react to that. He was running right beside him and <laughs> let him catch the ball. There was just there, there's just nothing else to say about that. I agree with you that um Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been able to run because when when you watch that when you watch that game back. There was actually a guy, not extremely close to Aaron, but not so far away either. And I don't think Aaron would have been able to outrun him. Not not to the end zone for sure. Um, there was like I don't think a spy, but there was there was a free man that was that was watching Aaron on that play. Um, so, but but he they should have they should have at least given given him the chance. Um, and I know it was, I know it was eight points. Actually, in the moment, I didn't hate the decision because I think they were looking. at, at Brady's mistakes in the second half and thinking they could get maybe an, a somewhat of another freebie or they could get a quick three and out. I don't know. I think that was kind of like in the flow or the, in the moment of the game. I think that was kind of like their mindset. And then if they take the three points and they could, I think they expected to have at least a minute left or something like that. But obviously mm-hmm. you kind of put, you put in that case, this is something you've mentioned before is that you put your destiny into the other you kind of put the the destiny, put the ball in the team, the other team's hands. You put your destiny into their hands, which you never want to do. You wanna, you wanna take charge of your own destiny and, um, and go for it and try and get and try and get the eight points. But I do think, um, going for for Green Bay going forward, I think a lot a lot of similar things um, as last year, which is. One one of the points I had is more weapons. I think on that end zone drop that um, I think it was either Lazard or Brown. I can't quite remember between two, but there was an end zone drop for I think the two point conversion. Um, that I think, yeah, I think it was Brown. Have, it was Brown, right? Yeah. Who was like, who was that guy? But anyway, if you, I think if you if you if you draft a Justin Jefferson, if you draft a CD Lamb, I think those are the moments where those type of things. Are different. I think when you have if you if you had one of those guys in there instead, you know, as the Robin to Devonte, I think those are the moments where where it makes it really does make a big difference. Um, that if they were able to get that kind of production, but this was something that preseason that I thought was going to catch up to them eventually. And you know, when they had the number one offense, I was like, oh, everything's handy dandy, but it's still caught up to them somehow, some way. <laughs> and you know, the secondary was a mess um in uh, in that game and they need they need to solve that asap but <laughs> I, I but i do think i do think aaron will come back and we'll talk about that a bit later yeah and moving on to bills at chiefs 24 38 chiefs win and the bills went up 9-0 in this game but i was like i was like maybe they'll have a chance maybe they'll have a chance once they they got that um, McCall Hardman fumble, but then they missed the extra point, and I was like, "Oh, that's it! That you cannot give this team any breaks because they will come out and they will just beat the snuff out of you." And the Chiefs' offense—they are a nightmare. It—they make the defense defend every single blade of grass using play action, early passing. They get the yards after catch. They can get go deep if they want, and they haven't even gone deep. Mahomes has two attempts of of 20 plus yards or more two 
in two in two games. Well, one he was injured, but like they don't even need to go deep. They can just throw a slant to Tyreek Tyreek Hill, and he has a really good chance of taking it to the house. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you know the Bills were up early, but they're just not on the same class as, as the Chiefs yet. But the the old Josh Allen reappearing, taking those horrible horrible sacks those sacks were painful to watch i was like just throw the ball away please <laughs> and he's trying to he's trying to truck a 300 pound lineman and just taking it all the way oh my goodness it was so painful and then with the inaccuracy and they were just not aggressive on fourth down you cannot kick field goals against the chiefs if you kick a field goal you have already lost because the chiefs are <laughs> averaging they are averaging what 3.75 points per drive in the playoffs with Mahomes, like excluding kneel downs, 3.75 points per drive. Danny, if you're kicking a field goal, you have lost the game immediately. Yeah. And like, what what is the difference going into half? Go for it on fourth down, please, McDermott. Like, come on. I don't understand why these coaches are playing to lose. And he goes, oh, yeah, I just I just wanted to keep it close. It is not close because they are going to score <laughs> touchdowns while you're kicking field goals. And we need, like, oh, my goodness. It was just – it was painful to watch. And the Chiefs' defense is really underrated, too. They've been playing lights out in the playoffs as well, getting pressure on, on Josh Allen, which we had never seen <laughs> this often before because that mm-hmm. Bill's O-line was playing outstanding. When Stefan Diggs was in jail until garbage time, it was pretty crazy stuff to watch. Like, this is a really well-rounded team, and they know what they're doing. And as for the Bills' future, we can look for more growth for Josh Allen. Another year with Dable, unfortunately, and <laughs> with Diggs and Corey Davis even getting better, unfortunately, in the AFC East. And they'll try to establish their dominance. We'll see. We'll see what the Pats have to say about it in Belichick. But, and I think they can look to improve their linebackers because the Chiefs really went out. Like Travis Kelsey was just uncoverable the entire game. And they're really just working those dudes the entire time. So maybe try and get a coverage linebacker. We'll see. But yeah, it was really crazy game, even though we already like it. I was like, we kind of already know the outcome for this. I thought the Bills had a chance, but with the way Josh Allen was looking, I was like, nah. And then kicking those field goals, like, nah. I I gave them a chance because <laughs> I thought they would be aggressive, but, oh, man, it was just, it was pain. It was pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't expect Josh Allen to, like, regress like that either because he, he had actually been playing pretty well. I was really surprised to see him. I, I really thought it was the Josh Allen of last year, just – Forcing things, just trying to make things work that 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 weren't working. Um, I was I was really surprised about that as well. I I, I thought it I thought it would be a pretty close game, but um, but of course it was not. Um, a, another thing in terms of Buffalo is you're 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 right about kicking the field field goal, but when the the Chiefs defense did really do it do a number on them, I was I was impressed by that. I didn't think that they would be able to come out. Um, come out so aggressive and play so well, but they really, they obviously, you know, when you're well coached, um, you can hide a lot of deficiencies in your defense and uh, guys, especially in the secondary, really step up. Uh, in terms of Buffalo going forward, I think though they 
they did find out enough from Josh Allen. Like they know that they have something with him going forward. So that's that was that's good. That was a really big success story of the season overall. Um, was him playing well? He just you know can be more consistent, can get even better for sure. But I think they know that they that they have their quarterback now. I agree with you on the linebacker point. I think there's also been a lot of talk about the run game. I don't know. I know. I know. I know. You're not a big, <laughs> big, big fan <laughs> of the run game as a whole, but I do think if they could, you know, get. A, I think if they're going to do that, they need to get a bigger back. I think if they can go get someone like Aaron Jones, who's a free agent, that could be mm-hmm. something that could that could take the weight off of Josh Allen a little bit if they had more. Yeah, that, that can catch the ball too. That would be so massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron Jones would be someone that I think. Maybe they should target this offseason if he if he if he decides to leave Green Bay Green Bay, but they just drafted Singletary and Moss, so I don't know what they're gonna do with them. Maybe they'll just have yeah. like keep them keep them as like second. I mean, run backs get hurt all the time, so maybe you would just keep keep them there. But that's a little bit embarrassing draft wise that you just got both those guys. Um, I think in the third round of the mo- of their most recent drafts, um, and now you have to go out and sign someone, but. But yeah, they're still they're still gonna be really good next year. I think they will be. Their defense can get better for sure. Especially their I think their run defense can get better. Um but they're gonna they're gonna be good next year. That they'll probably be the favorites again. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Bill has to say about it though. <laughs> I don't I can't stand not being at the top of the AFC East, but um, <laughs> just we will go in depth on the Super Bowl extremely, extremely next week, but just like discussing the two teams and like kind of the past year, the Bucks. I have to give Todd Bowles credit because I was roasting this dude for playing zone so often and his defensive backs just not knowing what is going on, but he's let them loose. He's let them be aggressive and even saw on the pick. I thought that was holding, but they didn't call it with Sean Murphy bunting, having three games with three interceptions is just crazy. They have absolutely come alive and they've really been carrying that, that offense, especially in that Saints game. They absolutely carried, carried that, that offense. And then when Brady had those three straight interceptions, getting two, three and outs is just unbelievable. But yeah, Todd Bowles, lots of credit. Bruce Arians and Leftwich though, that offense, oh my goodness, can we stop with the first down runs? And can we incorporate some method of play action? Because I thought I was going to pick them to win the Super Bowl if they beat the Saints, because I thought they were going to have that same offensive game plan that they've been rolling out since the bye with early first down passing, but they've regressed so bad. 32% in the playoffs of first down passing. 32%. That is not how you're going to beat the Chiefs. And they need to realize that. And obviously you can talk about the drops as well with Chris Godwin having, he dropped the ball on second down and then Brady goes right to him and then he makes an amazing catch. So hopefully that has, you know, brought his confidence a little bit up. But even Mike Evans was dropping passes and then Tyler Johnson, he made the key play at the end, but he dropped an early pass that, would have put the Bucks in field goal range. And then Leonard Fournette can't catch either. And we all know Ronald Jones can't. 
And I think versus the Chiefs, that is going to rear its ugly head because Steve Spagnuolo loves to blitz. And these guys, they still don't have those hot routes figured out. So maybe they'll work on them during these two weeks, but we'll see. But as well, you know, signing Tom Brady has obviously changed the franchise and injected a championship mentality to this team and belief that they can actually get things done as as well as like elite quarterback play. But this franchise has the worst winning percentage across all four major sports in the United States. And it's crazy that they're now in the Super Bowl. But it just shows like a little belief, some leadership can, and of course, like excellent play can take people far. And yeah, first home Super Bowl in history. It's going to be pretty amazing to see that we're still getting first in this stage of Tom Brady's career and as well as Gronk and all those guys. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Obviously a tough task with the Chiefs. And I'll say this. I think Tyreek Hill is the most dangerous weapon in the NFL. Just with that speed. You can't scheme for, for speed. You really just cannot. Like with, I think Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. But there are some things you can do to make him not as effective. Like he really wasn't that crazy effective in the playoffs, really. But no. Tyree Hill, there's just, what do you do? If you press him, he's going by you. If you give him space, he's going by you. Like what he can, outside, inside, backfield, you can put him anywhere and he's going to give you headaches. So that's why I think wait, he's the most dangerous weapon. Scotty Miller thinks he's better. I no, I I can't blame him for that. I can't blame him for that. You're not. I I really hate the sports media kind of like even when Chase Young was like, "I want Tom Brady." What is he supposed to say? Oh, Tom Brady's coming into the town. I'm so scared. Blah blah blah. I hate that the sports media does this. Of course, Scotty Miller is gonna take himself over anyone. Like, he's wrong. But I mean, he's not. He's not gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I'm not." Yeah, Tyree Hill's got me beat. Like these are cocky athletes. They're gonna take themselves over anyone any time of the day so i don't know i don't get that with the sports media but (laughs) he's wrong we all know but we'll see and the chiefs again they're looking to establish a dynasty with mahomes and reed and their defense has been really underrated under steve spagnolo and i don't know if people know that steve this guy has uh he's coached against brady in the super bowl and he's had a good result so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they decide to to cover these guys. And the O-line injuries are also a factor, but I think the Chiefs are going to know. And the ball has been coming quick out of Mahomes' hands. He's only had, like, an average depth of target of six, but these guys can – they can create lots of yards after catch with that. So I think the ball will be coming out quick in the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of storylines. And I think I think it should be a great a great Super Bowl. I'll leave you guys with this, this teaser, this teaser in the second half in close games, which is one score, eight point different differential. The Chiefs have the number one offense while the Bucks have the new number two offense in uh, defense adjusted variance over average. So these are the two best offenses in clutch situations in the second half. So that should make for a pretty amazing Super Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic Super Bowl. I'm super excited to watch it. Um, I just want to go back to Tampa for a second and and give those guys credit. I mean, extremely impressive run. Brady's really elevated this team, but also changed the culture. 
um, taught guys how to win. Um, like you said, this franchise has been not very good for most of its existence, really. But to see him come in and really um, has just his presence, you know, really elevate this team is something that um, has been really impressive to see, even just in this first season. And you know, it wasn't perfect at the beginning, but they adjusted. Things changed. Um, things changed throughout the season, and now you know they they've found like. I know you think they could still get a lot better, but I think they found some of a stride in comparison to week one versus the Saints. Um, defense has been incredible for for the most part. Um, and I think something that we really learned with the Green Bay game is that, you know, it doesn't matter so much that the secondary isn't great because no one has any time to throw when they do the, when they're in press man coverage. Like they were just suffocating Aaron, and I think it's I think it shows to show that you know Aaron had just played the number one defense in football the week before, and you know I think carved him up for the most part because he was able to find some time to throw. Obviously, Donald wasn't super healthy, but he was able to find some time to throw, and then he was able to beat you. But if you're able to suffocate him like that and sack him so many times and keep him make him so uncomfortable, they were able to. They, they did the best job on him than probably any defense all year. So, you know, for the second time. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the defense gets the – that front seven gets a lot of credit by just masking, um, you know, maybe any secondary issues, masking it all up by putting quarterbacks on so much pressure that it almost doesn't even matter. But I, I do think it will come into play in the Super Bowl um, – those safeties being out because, you know, I'm not sure, quite sure what the updated health status is, is for those guys. And, you know, things will develop because they have two weeks. It's basically a bye week. So, you know, maybe guys can come back, but uh, Aaron, I think it was a huge missed opportunity that Green Bay wasn't able to um, put pressure on those backup safeties down, down the stretch when those guys went down and really like try and like capitalize on that. And that's something you mentioned as well, but um, I think that's something that Andy Reid is not going to ignore, and that's something that Mahomes, if those guys are still out, something Mahomes is definitely gonna is definitely gonna focus on. So they have to um, they have to keep an eye on that. On the Chiefs side of things, you know, Chiefs still the Chiefs. You know, all season they've been they've been winning by razor thin margins, and you know the defense didn't look good at times. And there were there were a lot of questions that you know is this Chiefs still the same, the same Chiefs that that they were last year? But I think they've reminded everyone in the playoff games that um, that they're that they're still one of the best teams. They're the reigning they're the reigning champion, and they're going to the Super Bowl to defend that. Um, a couple of things that are going to be important, you know, in that game. We'll go into detail later, but just finding time for Mahomes to throw. The balls have been coming out quickly, as you said, and I think that's going to be important. Uh, find, uh, Chiefs need to find ways to get some get some more pressure on Brady because I think the O-line has been holding up pretty well. I think guys like Flank Kark uh, and Chris Jones are going to be really important in this game. But overall, this, this is like what I'll leave you guys with. It's Andy Reid off a bye, and that's all I have to say. Andy Reid off a bye. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna be ready to go. He's gonna have his team ready to go. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll see. We'll see. It should be 
It should be a juicy one. I think... I actually don't think this game comes down to the Chiefs' offense. No. As crazy as it is. I don't think... I don't think... Because we know. We know they're going to score. This game is going to come down to the Bucks' wide receivers. And if the Bucks win, it's going to be a wide receiver that's winning the MVP. I'll say it now. That's that's all I'm going to say. If the Bucks win, one of the Bucks wide receivers is going to win Super Bowl MVP. I'll go into detail next week, but we yes, can move we'll on to <laughs> Yeah. We can move on to all these quarterbacks and their futures. So many Ooh. I think this is this is the craziest quarterback kind of situation we I've ever seen in the NFL since I've been watching like 2006, so yeah, I think I think the I think it's interesting because last year seemed like a really interesting quarterback situation just because at the top because it was Brady was was the one that mm-hmm. was looking to switch teams, but the volume this year like a yeah, third of the it's... league called in for Matt Stafford <laughs> that means at least that same third of the league is gonna have a new starting quarterback at the very least, which is which is incredible. That's crazy. We can start off with the big. The big one, Deshaun Watson, an unquestioned top five quarterback. And if we were drafting any player in the league, you'd probably draft Mahomes first because of all that he's done and, like, you know, winning a ring, winning an MVP. But for me, I would actually take Deshaun Watson first because I've seen him with poverty and still be doing absolutely crazy things. And he's actually been the one that gives Belichick a lot of problems, even his rookie year. He took the Pats right to the wire, and then 2019 beat them again. And this year, like, it doesn't even seem like anything Belichick does phases him. Like, so this is a top two talent in across the NFL. And what's it going to cost? What is it going to cost to get him? And... Reports have come out that he's favoring the Jets. Yeah, things are coming out. Uh, he's favoring the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins, which, God, please. I don't, Dealing with Josh Allen in my division. And then we get Deshaun Watson. Oh, my goodness, please. And we don't even have a quarterback yet. I do not want it at all, but he might be coming to our division. So what are your thoughts on this? How many first-round picks? <laughs> At least three, but I think th- I think three first round picks and a couple players. It's gonna take a lot to get to Sean. I mean, you've already stated just how good he is. He is he's as good as he get as it gets, and he's also a proven entity, like you said, how he's played against against the Patriots, but just how how he's played um, in the NFL overall. He is really really something special, special talent and. A lot of these teams with the with the high picks. When you look at uh, the when you look at the Jets, when you look at Miami, those those are the teams with the second and third round. Uh, sorry, the second overall and the third overall after the Jaguars. You know, they, yeah, they could go in and get a Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, but Deshaun Watson is a proven entity. You know that you're going to get good quarterback play from him. You know that as a fact. So uh, that's something that is that was really important. I don't know why he like. Well, I think I know why. I think I think it's because of the cities. I think, you know, New York, Miami. I think those are 
those are places that he wants to be <laughs> in terms of yeah. in terms of competitive advantage and winning a championship i think san francisco would be the team that i would like i i would like to see him at i think they have um they're one of the few teams that have the assets to offer as well as i think you plop you plop him into that team and into that system and i think you're looking at you get i think you're looking at playoffs for sure but you know some would even say super bowl or championship game at the very least. I think they have that team has a lot of pieces already in place. They have a lot of good defensive players and a good and a good scheme defensively. Although they did lose a the coach, but you know if they can just bring an assistant up that knows the system well, that could still keep the defense intact. And George Kittle, um, Raheem Mostert, Brendan Ayuk, um, they have another really good receiver that I'm forgetting at the moment, but. That team already has a lot of really good pieces. And I think I think that's where he could really go and really dominate. The Jets, I think, is gonna be more of a project. I think because I think it's gonna be a it's gonna take a little bit longer for that team to get really good. He'll make them instantly much better, but mm-hmm. that team has has some other holes, especially defensively, <laughs> that they need to figure out as well. For sure. And I actually think his best fit is in Miami. Mm. I actually think his best fit is in Miami because we know Brian Flores and that defense, they have been amazing. And like you, you, we do have the questions of weapons for Miami, but we've seen Deshaun Watson ball out with nothing around him. And I think if Devontae Parker can be healthy and, you know, take a step forward, uh, their tight end, Mike Kosicki is he's, a stud and like Deshaun Watson's the type to elevate these players. He's going to elevate them. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick was balling out with those same players. Tua did have his struggles, but Tua's not a fearless, like Deshaun Watson is a fearless player and he has so much confidence in himself on the field and what he can do. And he will instantly elevate this team. Of course, offensive line questions and all of that, but he he's got that mobility and everything. And if he wants to like, Miami almost made the playoffs this year. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the best fit for him. And especially because you know San Fran, they have so many cap issues and they're going to have so many contracts to to decide and you know is Richard Sherman even like what's happening with him and then Bosa and his contract and all those, and with all those injuries, you, do you know if people are going to be back the same, you know? So I actually think it's yeah. best fit Miami. Unfortunately, no, I, I like Miami as well. I like Miami as I would say a bit after San Fran, but we're just flipping like one or two. Um, mm-hmm. I like Miami as well. They also really have they have a lot of assets too because they because when they did like their purge uh, last year a couple years ago, they have a lot of picks, so they could they they're gonna make it really, um, really enticing for Houston. And mm-hmm. I do think yeah, he he can elevate those guys. I just don't know if they'll be, you know, as much championship caliber. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As as if he was in San Francisco. But I I do like Miami as well. I'll have to beat the Chiefs at some point. Well, in the NFC, there's no there's no big dog, you know. Mm -hmm. I also think they like Tua. Like I really do think they like Tua. I think I I don't know. (laughs) They're gonna trade him out. We can talk about Tua now. (laughs) 
they gonna trade him? Yeah, trade him, or if they don't get Watson and they keep their pick, are they gonna take a quarterback with pick three? It's so hard because I think objectively, Tua didn't didn't have a great season, and they made sure to start him um, after the after that buy, even if they were go, even though they were going into LA, which has um, one of the best, which had you know ended the season with the number one defense. They made sure that they you know gave him his run because they really wanted to see what he had to offer. But then they kept taking him out for Patrick when he wasn't playing well. They missed the playoffs, and down the stretch, he looked really, really mediocre. So it's 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 a really hard decision. You know, there's two ways. There's, there's a couple ways you can go about it. You could trade for Deshaun. You could uh, draft Poppy Fields at that spot. Or you can, um, you know, you could also draft Penny Sewell and like get someone on the off on the offensive line to shore up the line and really give to a time. Um, I'm I'm a little bit torn, but I do think that Tua will be Miami starter at the beginning of next year, right now. Yeah, we'll see. I honestly, I'd say give him like, what if you trade him and then he ends up being a complete stud <laughs> elsewhere? That's gonna be that's gonna be even worse. Like I say, at least another year. Like it's not like he was throwing picks all over the place. Like there's just there's just a little bit of confidence that needs to be injected into his game, and I think he'll be fine. But I think a quarterback that we agree <laughs> needs to call it Big Ben. Just call it. Just for your pride and for the sake of your team. If you love the Steelers, you will let them go. And you will let them have success without you. Because they are going nowhere if you come back and be their quarterback. Especially with that, what, $41 million cap hit? No way. No way. Yeah. There was actually some news this morning that, you know, a front office – if Big Ben was to come back, would want to restructure for sure because that's just so expensive. But in, in that in that case, though, then just then just don't come back. I don't. I I agree with you on this. He he hasn't played well, and I think he's probably done. But I think the fact that we haven't had an announcement for a while just makes me think that he's coming back because he was he's been done playing, you know since that first since the divisional round so and there hasn't really been any news or any announcement because we had we've had philip rivers already make his announcement um at this point and you know jubiz is also taking his time to be fair but i i think he might come back i really do think he might come back because i don't know he's he he seems to me like someone's gonna want to take like as many opportunities as possible, but it's not going to help the Steelers. That's for sure. He is. Oh my God. He's so bad though. Come <laughs> on. Oh my God. Just let it go. He's going to go out even worse than Peyton Manning. I mean, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't really bad for Peyton Manning because his defense carried yeah. him to a Super Bowl. but man, Manning was done. He could not throw a football. But maybe that's maybe that's what Big Ben wants. Maybe he wants his defense to carry him, carry him to the Super Bowl. But I don't know. I just I just don't see him making those big plays. But Rodgers, I he's coming back to the Packers. There's no reason for him to leave. The biggest question is, will he get another ring? But he he's going to be back with the Packers. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think there's a lot of noise right now around it because. 
obviously because of what just happened. But I think when all of it simmers and everything dies down, I do think he's going to return to Green Bay. I also think part of the noise is, you know, is is fabricated by Aaron this time around. Um, Obviously going to the Pat McAfee show every week, but I think, I think um, this week specifically, he said what he wanted. To, he said what he said to kind of put pressure on the organization a little bit to support him. I think he knows that he's coming back, but I think um, because his contract is not set up for him to be able to leave, but I think he's trying to get the organizations to see it and like look and say, okay, we need to see, we need to try and like cover some of the obvious holes, um, try and get him another weapon. And like, there's even been talk about him being in the draft room or whatever. But I do think like Aaron is trying to like push the team a little bit more um, in that sense. And that's, that's partly why that um, all the chatter about him leaving has been so, has been so loud. Yeah. I don't see it though. Maybe once his contract is done, he'll go and retire and go to Tampa Bay where all the old men go to retire. And they'll keep the Bucks will keep their old man dynasty going. That'd be pretty funny. But another quarterback. Oh, no, I just wanted to quickly say, like, if we're doing fantasy trades for Aaron, like, in terms of like, wait, we would like, I'm still sticking with San Francisco. And he actually could be traded after this year. He could be traded. I'm sticking with San Francisco for like similar reasons to what I said about Deshaun. And the Rams have also been brought up. But just like that area, like that's really where, that's where he grew up. That's where he went to college. Um, I do think that he's like still at heart, like a West Coast boy. And I think the Rams too would be, that would be really interesting. Like, because you know, there's a really good defense there. And now, you know, okay, very quickly, Aaron Rodgers and playoff losses, defense averages, they give up 36 points a game. 36 points a game. He has to, he has to put up 37 points a, points to win those games. But, yeah, San Francisco. I mean, not LA all games. of those. Those, but, like, you can't blame his defense all the time, though. Yo, he got three interceptions that last game. And then even, even with the – um. 2014 were rushed through four picks and like they did not it's not all the defense and like all the defense it's all the defense but yeah but i do i do think that for a lot of these nfc championship games like i think that the defense has has not been has not been good but he's only put up like 110 points across five championship games that's 22 points per game that's not gonna be enough to win and go to the super bowl though like it's not all the defense like he is definitely like that last game you have to put up tom brady comes into your house and throws three straight interceptions you have to put up more than six points with that all the defense but okay so the defense does average the 36 and then I think on the offensive side of things, when you look at who the Rob, who his Robin is in terms of receivers, I think that's also the element, a, a big element too, in terms of how many points that they're able to put up as well. Um, no excuses, no excuses, bro. He needs more support. 
Brady put up 37 in 2018 with a Gronk who was about to retire and broken down old man Edelman against the Chiefs. Like, I just, like, yes, you can say his teams have, like, but he, you, he hasn't really done his job either in, like, scoring points for, for his offense. I blame him at all, but are we going to say that 2018 yeah. defense wasn't good? Your 20, wait, which 2018 defense? Uh, Pats. Like his, Pats? Yo, they were average. They were, like, 16th in defense, uh, defensive DVOA. And, like, they gave up 31 and a half to the Chiefs. Still held off to how many in the Super Bowl? Yeah, three points. But we're talking about the entire playoff run. And the, yo, they gave up 31. Brady had to score 37. Convert three straight third and loss. I'm just saying, in key moments, like, for me, Rodgers hasn't shown up. And there's always this excuse of, oh, his defense, blah, blah, blah. His defense in conference title games has gotten 12 turnovers, nine sacks. Brady's defenses in his last five conference title games have gotten seven turnovers and 12 sacks. So it's not it's not all, like, I just think in key moments, like, Rodgers hasn't shown up. Like, your number one offense should be scoring from eight yards out, and your number one offense should put up more than six points off three interceptions. Like, granted, they were in your territory, but... You need that momentum. You need to, like, show something for your defense as well. But I don't know. It's just, like, how are we... <laughs> I just, I, I don't get that argument. Like, yes, like, he he's gotten, he's not always gotten a lot of help, like, throughout his career. But, like, this was a private. They should have won that game. If you told me Brady throws three interceptions and a half, you would have said the Packers won. I would have said the Packers won. I mean, if we're looking at that game specifically, the the ball was taken out of his hands in, in that in that opportunity to come in and win the game. So no, 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 it wasn't taken out of his hands. It was first and goal from the eight yard line. He had three chances. I agree, he should have had four, but he still had three chances. He should have had four. It, it is what it is, though. It is what it is. But um, with Stafford also being available, I think his best fit is actually with the Colts. Like, the Colts need a quarterback. And I, I'm, I would, if anyone is looking at Wentz right now, I would say you're foolish. We definitely agree there. All signs are pointing to Indianapolis. I think um, a lot of the fans in India- Indianapolis, too, really want him. Um, but apparently the 49ers are in the conversation as well. I would like the Bears to be in the conversation, even though they haven't been talked about. But um, Bears. All, all signs are pointing to towards Indianapolis right now. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think that would be a really good fit for him. Indy seems to love bringing in older guys and <laughs> short playoff runs with them. But, but yeah, I, th- I think that that's, that's a team that'll fit him um, really well. And I think, 
I think that's probably the favorite for where he's going to end up at, at this at this point in the offseason. Called their offseason. Jimmy G. Is he going to restructure his contract? I actually think, I still think Jimmy G's best fit is with the 49ers. But will he ever be fully healthy and available? That's the problem. He's missed more games than he started for them. Like that, that is a huge concern. And what what's his cap hit? Over over 30, 33 billion? Like, no. No. You think Jimmy G is a starter for the 49ers next year? I think he's he's the best his best fit is with the 49ers. Just because of that system they have with the yards after catch, and you know, he doesn't have to be the dog. But, but I don't think I also- the and I was just going to say, every time a quarterback is brought up, the 49ers are always somehow related. Like, it just seems so much <laughs> so that 49ers are looking elsewhere. They're always in conversation with, whether it's Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Like, 49ers are always, always, always in the conversation for all these other guys. Um, maybe that's just because, like, as a media group, like, a lot of people don't think Jimmy G is very good. But... <laughs> They're it's not, not looking good for them at all. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's also been brought up like a Patriots comeback. I oh, don't know. Please, no. Please, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. I'm not convinced that Jones has a chance to have him back. But on the other hand, it's things. The Pats don't have many good options because it's like you're looking at Mac Jones in the draft at that spot. Not a lot. If Cam of... is back, I am. Whew, I am boycotting football. Jacoby I, Brissett. I, I don't <laughs> like this. This is like not a not a lot of good options. So you never know. Yeah, and like Cam too. Like, where does he go? Because I don't think he's back. Is he gonna take up a backup role or? Because I the film too that they're gonna watch this from this season. Oh my goodness gonna be disgusting uh, i think i i don't think he's just i don't think he's a starter on, on any team this year i don't think there's i don't yeah. think there's anywhere that anybody could see the most recent version of cam and say yeah we're, we're gonna go and start him um it's unfortunate Yo, i was hyping really him up so much bro i was yeah. hyping him so much oh really? it was just painful he might even like, like yes like, was- like yes our wide receivers are garbage like we all know that but even the throws man like oh the like the three times Nikhil Harry was open this year he threw it into the dirt and it was just so painful I don't know and honestly if, if he doesn't want to take a backup role I wouldn't be surprised if he could kind of take a year and just really work on his mechanics or I don't know take a year off of football and like maybe just like do like a training year or something like that because <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna offer him a starting job and then you know he might not like kind of the backup situation if it's not like a competitive yeah. type of situation and then 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 what is he gonna then what is he gonna do maybe he can go like um try and get better but I don't think he's gonna be back with the Patriots yeah I hope not and I love him, but I hope not. Um, Dak, the Cowboys should just sign this dude. 
come on. I think the yeah. ankle injury was like early enough that he he should be like yeah. And ankles it's easier to recover than like ACL or like a knee for a quarterback, so I think he'll I think he'll be back healthy. There there are three like three situations for for Dak Prescott this offseason, right? So one is let him walk for nothing, which they're not gonna do. The second is tag him and then trade him to another team. Um and the final one, which is what Dak has wanted this whole time, is to just sign him to a new long term deal. Um I think I think he gets tagged though. I think he I think he gets tagged and plays or he gets tagged and traded, but um I do think he gets tagged because I think with the injury they're gonna wanna see kind of what he looks like post injury. And I think they're gonna be too scared to give him a long term deal. Um yeah. But even with that tag, that's thirty seven million for the year, which is probably about what he's worth and then and then hopefully they have they get I hope he stays. I hope they tag him, he stays, he has a good season, and then they could sign him at the at the end of the season. That would be like my ideal situation for Dak. But I, I think he fits there really well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really think that he should leave. Yeah, the only quarterback that's better is Watson. And would you rather just sign Dak or give up how many first round picks? Like it's come on. And like yeah, he already the, the only... system. he's already worked with those guys. He's already a leader in that locker room. Like it would just be stupid. Exactly. The only known entity that's better is um is Deshaun because when you're looking at if they trade him, you're looking at um whatever, like Trey Lance, Fields, um, uh, Zach Wilson. And with those guys, you don't know for sure what you're going to get. So Dak is, yeah, yeah. I think, that's an option for the Cowboys. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking draft. Oh, my goodness. Yo, one football <laughs> game left. Oh, my gosh. No, it goes by so fast. Danny, where does it go? Oh, my goodness. That's so sad. That is so sad. The Super Bowl better be lit. If we got a blowout, oh my goodness, I'm gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> the, play- the playoffs haven't really been good. Like we haven't this gotten like some good games. What Bills Colts was good. Bucks Raven- Bucks Green Bay was good as like as a game. Yeah, as a whole, I guess. And then whole, what yeah. other one? What other one was good? Um. Ravens Titans just for I the think. the drama. So that's like three. I guess Browns Browns, Browns Chiefs. I think was Chiefs was good, was but like good. you know, yeah. you never want to see a starting quarterback go down. Yeah. You know, no, you, yeah, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. So that that like, that defeat doesn't, doesn't help. We haven't had any like whoo games, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So the Super Bowl better be, or I'm I'm gonna be pissed. It's shipping up to be. Yeah, it better be. It's just nuts to me that the quarterback position is so hard. There's usually only 10 good people at it at a time in the league. It's just it's just nuts. And we're going through this list with names like Mitch and, and Nick Foles. 
who we have to talk about, and then Goff, too, who they handed this huge contract to after one good season, and now he's had back-to-back poor yeah. years. And now the Rams want to move on from him, too. So it's even if you think you have a good quarterback, you don't. The success just never is sustained for that long, too, you know? It's just nuts to me. It's yeah, it's never sustained for that long. You can talk yeah. about golf, you can talk about Wentz. You have guys that really regress drastically um, out of nowhere, like guys that you really trust consistently year to year. It's crazy, but it's really only like 10 guys in the league. Only like a third of the league really have a guy like that. Yeah. I would say even Baker is not even at that level yet. Josh Allen's not at that level yet. It's, it's crazy. It's such a hard position to play consistently it's, well. And then you have... If Rodgers is going to retire, Philip Rivers is done, Drew Brees is done, Brady's almost done. So it's, they need these guys to step up. Like Lamar, my hopes are riding so hard. Like, I think Josh Allen will be fine. I don't know if Josh Allen can be, because he stunk it up the last two games in the playoffs. And that's never a good sign. That's never, ever a good sign. Because you see with Goff, who stunk it up, in the Super Bowl, and then it's just nothing, and I don't know, but it's just yeah. You know, we we've talked about this a little bit before, in that a guy like Josh Allen, he's like big and strong, and he has all the physical skills to be really good, but we're not we're not quite sure how how good he's gonna be. So when you look at you know in twenty twenty one, when you're drafting a quarterback. With with there only being like ten good consistent quarterbacks in the entire league, do you how how do you start to how do you pick a guy that that you know is going to be good? Like you basically you basically can't. But you know I have a philosophy that it's better to start off with like that kind of Josh mm-hmm. Allen, like get all the tangibles first and kind of hope that they could develop the rest. But a, a lot a lot of these guys don't at the same time, so it is really really hard to really hard to to find like who yeah. the next talent is going to be. Usually the most important things you look in a quarterback, you can't measure yet, you know? Cuz the NFL is so different from college. At college you've got guys open yeah. by 3 yards every time, but then and playing quarterback in the NFL is all about anticipation. You got to throw before your guy is even there and trust that they're going to make the play and then defenses are closing in at unimaginable speeds and then you're taking hits and it's just like it's a lot to really evaluate which is why i think it's it's always such boomer bust and i don't know it's 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 really crazy but for me golf i think they should move on the Rams, i think they should 100 move on because that system and that offense is so quarterback friendly it is unimaginably quarterback friendly, and he's still struggling. Come on, and uh, Cooper Cup—that's not a scrub. Robert Woods—that's not a scrub. The running game; those aren't scrubs. Their O line did get a little bit hurt um, near the end of the season with their left tackle playing on a torn MCL or something. I think, but still, it's—he's not—he's not elevating that that skill group. They got Higby, Gerald Everett. Like those guys are, those guys are studs. Everett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think 
I really think he's he's the bottleneck of this team. And like you said, it's kind of like a cold situation in terms of like everything else is in place that you don't you don't have to get you don't need a Deshaun Watson really to be productive. Like you can get, you know, just a guy that's floating around right now, like a Matt Stafford or like a Jimmy G, like kind of like a slightly above average guy and, you know, get to the Super Bowl because they got to the Super Bowl with Jerry Goff before. So I do think that they should move on as well, but they're in kind of this, I guess, a bit of a better situation than say like a team like the Bears and that they don't need someone or like a team like a Jets. They don't need someone to kind of come in and take over. They just yeah. need someone that's incrementally better. It's, I don't even know where they could, because they're not going to have attractive, and they're not going to mortgage like so much just to get to get Watson, you know, because they're competitive now. They need those assets to be producing now. It, it's a really tough situation. Or do they roll with mm-hmm. him another year and hope he gets better? It's just, I think, They probably will, but they want to have, like, news is coming mm-hmm. out that they want to have more of a quarterback competition, right? So I think you have to look at a guy that's kind of going to be sitting around, like, bringing, like, a, a Darnold and see, you know, Darnold hasn't been very good, but the Jets are just a dumpster fire. So maybe bring him in just, just to compete mm-hmm. with Goff, put a little bit of pressure on Goff. You never know. Maybe Darnold can show some things that he showed in college. Um, bring in, like, a Jameis if the Ooh. Saints decide to go with, Tam- with Taysom. Um, James is a guy, you know, with a lot of a lot of problems, but can really sling it. Um, a lot of problems decision making wise, but can really can really sling it and can be good in that yeah. scheme because that scheme is just so good that they just need someone um, with a little bit more arm talent to uh, to push them over over the top. But just but you know, Shama Faye is um, everybody that played <laughs> yeah. under him is getting jobs. Like. <laughs> uh, just because of how how impressive that team has been consistently, so yeah, I think I think those are kind of guys mm-hmm. that are aren't going to be too expensive, but might be going to be better, like a Darnold, a Jameis, yeah. maybe even like Yo, Trubisky. Speaking of Jameis, I maybe. actually I never even That's really thought about him with the Rams, but I really like I like that idea, and yes, like people need to understand just how difficult Bruce Arians' system is for a first year quarterback. Like Andrew Luck, 40 turnover worthy plays. Uh Carson Palmer, 40 turnover worthy plays. Jameis, yes, he had 40 turnover worthy plays. But like that's just on par with those other guys. And we saw Andrew Luck and Carson Palmer have long-term success in the NFL. And like obviously, like Tom Brady's better, but mm-hmm. I think Jameis deserves another fair because that that offense is hard. And if you put him in a quarterback friendly, you let him learn under Sean McVay. Even Jared Goff, he was trash in his rookie season until Sean McVay came and then they go to the Super Bowl. It's I I like I would like James. I'd like to see Jameis in a quarterback friendly situation. That is what I want to see. I would actually love to see that, especially with. Because the receivers, he's Mike Evans was more of a vertical threat, so that's that's just and if your number one wide receiver is so vertically based, that already add, adds more risks to what you're doing because you're just like, oh, Mike Evans is down there, I'll throw it up. Maybe he gets a jump ball, maybe he doesn't, <laughs> and like that's kind of been his whole <laughs> career too, even with Vincent Jackson, and obviously, like he's had he 
Jameis has had some really good seasons. Last year was not the greatest, but if he can just yeah. mitigate turnovers, which are inherent in Bruce Arians' system, and then I think he could be successful, honestly. Like, this is a first-round talent, and he's proven that he's... Like, PFF has... Since he's been in the league, he's had one of the higher rates of positively graded throws. Now, if he can just get rid of those turnovers, like which McVay will help with that I've system, been, you know, yeah. the bootlegs, the play action, the sweeps, just getting the ball out quick. Yeah, I actually, I never thought about that, but that is, that would be awesome to see. I want Jameis to get another chance. I want him to get another and chance. I, 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 Even if it's with the Saints, which <laughs> I guess too. we can talk about them too right now. I'd, li- I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it as well, but I, I just think um, Sean Payton didn't do Jameis any favors by not starting him when Drew went down. I think that was a really good opportunity for Jameis to come in and really show some improvement, show that he's learned in that system and show that he's grown. And I think that would have helped them a lot going to this offseason with a lot of open positions mm-hmm. for like a Rams or like a Bears or another team having like more of an open quarterback competition for them he to could bring have gotten him a, in to kind of a compete. Teddy Bridgewater contract. Starting taste him over him. With the way Teddy filled in. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, yeah. We I, I still think have to... Teddy's another quarterback who's... Yeah, he is... He's not... Mm, I, I'm I'm not a fan. I was a fan, but after this full season, I... He's, <laughs> he's not... He's not that guy, you know? Like, he'll... He'll... No. Mitigate he... mistakes... But he's not he's not ripping the ball. He's not ripping the football. And he's not like his two minute drills are some of the worst I've ever seen in my life, Danny. This dude is so <laughs> slow. He's throwing check downs. I was oh my goodness. Yeah, I Bridgewater is he's not it. He need He's not that guy. He he needs a whole system. Like he would need a top five defense. Uh, a good running game like he's that guy that like needs everything perfect already and then because he doesn't yeah. make mistakes you can be successful but he's not gonna he's not gonna bring he's not gonna elevate like a mediocre roster and he's not gonna yeah he's not gonna be that guy that comes through for you in the clutch so i think the um, Panthers are moving on definitely yeah teddy teddy, teddy is another guy and they, they went ahead gave him that contract after five games that's the thing about quarterbacks that is so hard to evaluate you know you see them have success and then will it translate to our system and then will they consistently over it's it's hard like watch me say that and then bridgewater balls out next year it's you never know what you're gonna get really because there's so many moving pieces right I think I think Carolina will likely draft another quarterback, and then, like more of like a developmental guy, and then maybe bring that guy in the next year. But yeah, they're they're more than like a piece away from being really good. Yeah. They they need they need a lot of a lot of things to to get better. I think more so on the defensive side for the Panthers too. But um, Darnold. Yeah. Does he go to Houston if if they get a trade done for Watson and then Donald 
is an interesting one because mm. we all the you said it the Jets are a dumpster fire, so he's he's not even gotten a chance yet, you know. So it, yeah, I think I think someone someone will give him a chance. Yeah, because I've seen him make some so. mind blowing plays, like some of the throws he's made for the Jets over the past year. I'm like, that is that is some amazing stuff. But I just I think he deserves a fair chance. At least let him compete, you know, if if the Jets move on. Yeah, let him come in and compete. I think uh, yeah. Washington is a team that he could come in and um, just <laughs> this that's not really tough <laughs> to be the starting quarterback in Washington right now. So I think that I think that's the team if they could. Um, Get some sort of trade done, or if or if um if they let him walk, that could be a team that he could come in and could earn the starting job. But yeah, I, I really hope that some team gives him a chance because we I think you need to see him at least once in another system, uh, to really know for sure whether whether he's good or not. Because you know mm-hmm. he does he has thrown quite a few interceptions, but again that offensive line has been yes disgustingly bad, and uh. <laughs> Let's see what seeing what Sam Darnold could do with even an average offensive line would would be really telling into mm-hmm. how productive he could be in the NFL. And then we've got the Bears with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. I think you got to move on from Mitch. Please, please, please. He is not yeah. it. He is not it at all. And even when he came back. And the Bears had that run near the end of the year where they were just beating up on bad defenses and bad teams. I was like, I was like, please don't let this make them, you know, keep this dude. Like, come on. That defense is so good. And you just just a competent quarterback. Allen Robinson is probably gone. And it's like, who are you gonna get? Kind of thing. But and yes, their yeah. offensive line was really bad. I will say that offensive line was so bad. And the play calling, too, was not doing any favors. But Mitch, he is not it at all. He is not going to be winning you anything. Not at all. And when you look at where they're drafting, they can't really get anyone that, that they can trust right away at 20. So it's going to be it's gonna be a, a tough offseason for them because I don't think either Mitch or Nick Foles are starters. Um, I, th- I would rather they get... They bring in a couple guys to compete. Um, maybe bring in like a Darnold, a Jameis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one. But I do. I do want to pose this question to you. And that, do you think Nick Foles no. as a starter anywhere? Not at all. Um. No, no, no. I don't think he's no. Okay. Yes, he won a Super Bowl, but. People don't understand how stacked that Eagles team was. That Eagles team was phenomenal. And people thought, oh, just because Carson Wentz went down, like they're not going to. That Eagles team was phenomenal. You, Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt running over people. That offensive line was like absolutely stud worthy. You had Peak Aguilar and Peak uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz. Like these. A lot of these dudes that we're talking about right now need a co- 
a per- perfect situation to be successful. Like if you're if you're thinking quarterbacks right now, who you could like plug and play on numerous teams like the Mahomes, Watson, Rogers, Brady, Wilson might be Wilson is a little bit debatable. <laughs> I would, yeah. I would put Russ in there. I would put Russ in there, but then, yeah, then you have to start thinking really Tannehill, hard. I don't think you can plug and play in any situation. No. Josh Allen, I think he needs to I think he um, needs to prove it. Lamar is still I, in that yeah. category too because, you know, the passing is just – needs a lot of work. No, you can't put Lamar. Oh, like yeah, you can't yeah, put Lamar can't, in Tampa yeah. and be successful. Like, yeah, he, he can't. He can't pat. He can't throw. He can't make those throws. Um, I know. So, like, we we have like five yeah, dudes no, that agree. you can Nicholas. plug and play in any situation. So it's like you have to. It's like <laughs> chess. You have to see: is this dude gonna help us in any way? Or it's like when you really think about it that way, it is nuts. It is absolutely nuts. Yeah. To be fair, though, like a lot of the, a lot of these offenses are about fit, and like, like I said, you can't plug Lamar in Tampa, but yeah, you can't put Brady <laughs> in Baltimore, yeah. and at the same time, you know, and have that kind of. So a lot of it is about you know how is it fit because no one Lamar can, can right play now. for Baltimore yeah. better than Lamar does to give him credit, you know. Exactly. So, so a lot of it is about fit, but yeah, in terms of like. That guy, like those guys, that just mm-hmm. like do it all. A handful, and we've got one on the market with Watson, which is, I think, I think Watson is the catalyst for all for what's going to happen this offseason. Yeah, he's it's it gonna, starts with like, him, and then everything else yeah. kind of falls falls after that. Did we miss anyone? Or um, when oh. I do want to make note that, like, no, I think we got everyone. But just going back to Watson in that. This rarely happens. Like a quarterback in his prime to be like available on the market, mm-hmm. just because of the way the, the contracts are structured. Like guys always get are stuck with their teams. So this this is gonna be really really exciting. I think the last like even similar remotely similar situation. Like just because of age. Like obviously Brady was big last season, but just because of age is like maybe Kirk Parker Cousins even... a few years back. Like no. Even, yeah, he was even, even like <laughs> Peyton Manning point. too when the Colts moved on. Good like point. the neck injury was, and he was older too. So it's this. This never. He was happens. older. Yeah, he was a bit older. Never happened. It's crazy. And <laughs> David Cully, who's the the new Texans head coach, just got hired a few days ago, is saying <laughs> he thinks. Deshaun Watson is going to be a Houston Texan. And I'm like, yo, are they going to keep this man hostage? Free Watson, please. Free him. Free him. <laughs> think they'll hold him hostage? I think they don't because I think they'll get something really attractive from someone. Like, they're going to get, like, they're going to get a someone they could start. Like, they're going to get offered a Jimmy G or Darnold or a Tua. So they're going to get offered someone they could start. A couple players and like four picks, yeah. and they're gonna be like, he's, okay, yeah. He's on. I, I, I think I think they'll give him up for that because I think they'll feel like that'll help also 
help them get a haul for a rebuilding team who also has lost a lot of picks yeah. from the Bill O'Brien era. I think that's going to be something that could kind of help them properly rebuild as well. And they'll still have a starting quarterback. But I, I think getting a starting quarterback back is something that, that they're going to really want in a deal because they don't want to just, they, they don't want to be empty at that. Mm-hmm. You don't, I know team wants to be empty at that position for that matter. So that's why a Tua or a Jimmy G is like a really valuable piece because um, yeah. they might not even want Darnold. And we, we've got so much to discuss this offseason with the draft coming up. This is a really, really attractive quarterback class. We, you never know how it's going to turn out, but so much to discuss. And, of course, one, only one game left. I hope it's a good one. I really, really hope it's a good one. And, yeah, we'll be back in the offseason. We've also got some basketball to talk about. I've been kind of ignoring because the Raptors haven't been doing so hot well they didn't really start off hot they even eh, the last couple of weeks but yeah we will keep you guys posted next week we have got a really in-depth Super Bowl preview with our predictions will be attached to that so make sure you don't miss it and we'll be covering all these quarterbacks covering the draft as well so be sure to stick with us take care Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your support. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at what's the play 12 and on Instagram at what's underscore the play. So you can stay up to date with all our content. We want to say thank you again for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.